This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Well, I hope you're having a happy Friday. Uh, It's a great day for us to open up the Word of God and talk about it together. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson from the Church Next Door, and I'm here with Pastor Doug McCoy. Hello, everybody. So, Doug, we talked this week about just come and see and this idea that in Scripture, we're invited to see the things of God. It's why Jesus showed up as the Messiah. And then... God wants us to realize that the supernatural and the natural come together. And then finally, we talked about how you and I need to just begin to believe that we uh, can have spiritual insight. So let me ask you a question, put you on the hot spot. All right. When did you begin to realize that spiritual things are different than natural things? And you began to approach it from, wow, there are spiritual realities going on around me. When did that start dawning in your mind? It would have had to have been in Bible college at some point in time. I think uh, up until I was 18 years old, even though I had a a love for the Lord and a love for the Word, it still was kind of a religion. It still was kind of a mechanical or mercenary thing of, I'll do this and you'll give me that. And mercenary thinking is always earthly thinking. So yeah, so it would have had to been in Bible college that I began to be aware, no, there's a spiritual realm and it's very, very significant. So if if you're listening uh, today and, and you're like, you grew up in a tradition where uh, your relationship with God was just a list of do's and don'ts, you may miss out on the, the spiritual blessing. You yeah. may miss out on the fact that there are actual spiritual realities behind things. Well, that's all you're pursuing is, you know... A, I don't want to get smited or smote or whatever the past term, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want God to smite me. That's yeah. the first one. And then I'd prefer to go to heaven rather than hell. And again, both of those are not spiritual or relational. Both of those are physical, earthly yeah. concerns. Yeah. I, I I just, because my parents, uh, they came to know the Lord in a tradition that was very uh, much a- aware of the spiritual realities. Uh they, they came in, uh, they kind of stumbled into the charismatic move, not knowing that. You know what I'm saying? They were part of a, a denominational church, and uh, their Sunday school teacher had come to know the Lord in a very personal way, and he started sharing that with them. And um, they, they entered into the kingdom of God from a group of people that believed that prayer was important, that what you even said out of your mouth impacted the way God responded to you. And so they began to change um, the way they would address one another, where before they thought it was okay to just say whatever you want to, you know. And I think I think it's really important for you to understand that your words, uh, you know, you don't want to call people stupid. Mm. You don't want to, to say you're an idiot, you know. Uh, you know, you're you're a terrible person, and 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 we live in a world of really harsh, harsh words. 
that it's it's where we curse people and and that's why this is important because they have spiritual implication your words have spiritual implication in the same way if you look at somebody and say i love you or you're valuable i'm amazed tell me a little bit more how you figured out how to do this i'd like to know that well that builds a person up yeah absolutely well i i was taught in bible college similar to you now this is a big term that i don't typically use yeah. but i remember the professor saying the jews believe that words are efficacious yeah they're that, efficacious yeah, yeah. That, that is that they have power yeah. and that is where i first began to um perceive that you know there is a spiritual realm and you can intersect with it for good or for ill and that's also where i began you know if, if people are around me long enough they'll understand that i don't say hey take care see you later. I always say, God bless you. And that it was a choice, just like you're describing. I made that choice. I honestly believe that by saying that I am bringing God's blessing into your life in some way. Well, that's why, um, I I guess we, we need to make, I want to clarify, it's not just the Jews that believe that Christians believe that. Yeah, absolutely. But what has happened is a lot of Christians have taken it lightly. But you can see in Christian traditions, if you came from a Christian tradition where you have lots of public readings, where you all recite certain traditional prayers out loud, they actually believe that words are efficacious, but they never help the people understand it. And that's what we're wanting you to do. We want you to make the connection, well, why am I saying amen at the end of a sermon? or the end of a lesson. Well, it's because I'm saying, may it may it be unto me. May it so be it. Uh, I'll have some of that, is the way I explain it. The word amen is an invitation that you agree with the prayer and you want some. You want that good thing that's happening. See, spiritual insight, you know, it, it's real. And we, we naturally resist spiritual things because we're naturally fleshly. And um, that's what we want to invite everybody to begin to believe. So that's so. Let's talk about the five essentials that we okay. we talked about in this lesson this week. And because what we really want to do is we want to learn how to discern spiritual things, and we want to invite everybody to to practice the reality of that. So uh, the first principle we taught you of the five essentials for spiritual insight or discernment is number one be humble and i think what i mean by that is uh assume that you do not know it all uh, i think a lot of times uh we we assume well i know enough about this and i don't need to know any more how would you describe uh humility as you approach discernment yeah the the ability to acknowledge that i'm wrong I think is also, you know, that you, you've said that, that I don't know it all. So that's, you know, the first step, maybe the second step. Yeah, I could be wrong uh, about yeah. this as well. And again, in the tradition I was raised in, that would, because it, it, it focused so much on the intellect and yeah. what you knew gave you power over someone else. You did not want to be wrong. But I have found that, that my biggest gains with the Lord are being able to say, Lord, you're right. I'm wrong. I see wrong. Thank you for uh, yeah. correcting me. Well, I think I think what I would say, I'm humble. Another aspect of humility is, and, and it connects to the next one, to know the Scripture, is I always assume that God's perspective is better than mine. Yeah. And so that's what I also mean by humility. If the Bible says 
that there are men and there are women, then I say, okay, you're right. But my culture right now is saying that there are dozens of options about uh, what you can be. But my scientific uh, understanding is, is that there's male and there's female. And and now we're we're creating lang- we're actually creating language uh, to express something that mm-hmm. we haven't experienced. Yeah. And so I humble myself and I say, well, I trust God's word is better than what I'm experiencing and, and what I know. And this is something that for me happens fairly constantly because I believe we can interact with the Lord, that he gives us fresh input through the sure word of Scripture and so three or four times a week, I'll be driving or something, and I'll think, hey, you know what I'm going to do to that person? And I, I just remember this. You want, the Lord just said to me, he said, hey, I don't treat people that way. And at that moment, I had to say, Lord, you're right. I'm wrong. I submit to your way. So that's humility. Yeah. Well, what to, what, well I think that, that what I would say in that is you've, you've now humbled yourself, and every day you read the Scripture, mm-hmm. and you're saying, God, I welcome you to speak to me. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. They feel like somehow, well, this is stepping off the edge. You're not living in reality. But what you're saying is, is God is reminding you of of the scripture that he's taught you or that you've read and now you've put in your heart. Psalm 1, it, you know, it, it says that it's going to become this uh, helpful tool for you to to discern what's wise and what's, what's uh, prudent, okay? That's the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. That's good, Doug. That's good. Well, the, the, so the first point is we have to be humble. We don't know it all, that uh, we're probably wrong. And then we said, uh, go to the Word of God and, and get in the habit. I want to invite you, if you haven't been doing it, uh, get the Church Next Door app, because we have a lot of great resources there to help you read the Bible every day. We are reading through the Bible, uh, Genesis to Revelation this year. And um, we're going to give you some tools every day to encourage you, to help you make that happen. I'm working really hard right now on all those things so that every day we're going to read through the Bible together because what you want is to believe that the Word of God is God-breathed and it'll help you. It'll give you spiritual insight. The third point we made was this, is find the glory. And that means um, how is the church, how is Christ being built into your life? And and uh, sometimes we're making decisions and we're like, well, what does God want me to do? And I think it's pretty innocuous. Whether you eat ice cream or don't eat ice cream today, um, that may be more to do with your blood sugar level and um, have you already committed to a fast like we're doing right now. That's why I'm thinking about ice cream and and um, those kind of things. But uh, with, uh, how do you how do you find the glory, Doug, when you're making a decision about uh, a relationship? So let's say you've got someone and they've treated you wrong mm-hmm. and you know you have to talk to them about it mm-hmm. and you're like, Man, this person um, is ghosting me, and they're just not responding to any of my texts. How do you find the glory in the midst of that, and how do you discern what God would have you do? 
Well, some things he's already told me. You okay. know, he's already said, do not take revenge. Okay. Uh, he's already told me, uh, keep your tongue from evil, you know, so, yes. which is, you know, I, I don't think I'd be likely to go punch somebody, but I may be likely oh gosh, to go no. on Twitter and, and say something, I you know. I don't think so. I don't even think you would do that. <laughs> so. But I do think, I do think. This is this is the greater temptation for there are people that are tempted to go on Twitter. Yeah. There are people that are that are tempted to give them a bad review. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but um, I think what me, most of us are willing to do is uh, we'll give them a jab when we see them, a verbal yeah. jab. Yeah. We'll say, "Well, I I thought you'd fallen off the earth because you didn't uh, reply to me." Yeah. And instead. Um, what we should say is something along the lines of this. Okay, this is how God gives the glory. So I, I, I was, uh, I, I'm curious, what's been going on in your life? Because I just haven't heard from you for a while. Now, see, that totally diffuses it. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, I know I haven't heard from you. You're acknowledging I've reached out to you, and and yet you're not creating shame. One of the things that I hate is I don't want to create shame. Someone hasn't been to church for three weeks. And then they show up. And if I do something that says, well, where have you been? Well, that's not good. I don't know. They may have had something serious going on in their life and they couldn't be here. And I want them to save face, you know, I, I and, and yet a lot of Christians don't have that maturity. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and see, how could God be glorified if I give someone room to say, well, my mom's been sick and I, I had to go stay with her. Well, you feel really bad now if you said the unkind thing. Yeah. On the other side of it, if they said, well, I have to be honest, I was going through a dark period. I knew you were texting me, and I should have replied, and I I listened to your voicemail, and you need to know the fact that you would stop and just pray for me on a voicemail meant so much to me. Yeah, it did create a little shame for me, but that's not your fault. That was me. I felt shame when I shouldn't have felt shame for not returning. See, that's... What we want to look for is how do we not enable bad behavior in people? We don't want to be enablers, but but also how do we just prepare the way of the Lord so they can come back to Him? That's what I mean when I think about, you know, uh, discernment looks for the way to make a pathway for them to get closer to God. Yeah, I, I think the question, I you know, you've got the word glory here. Another word you could use is kingdom yeah. or just good. You know, cause That's right. I think what I'm, I ask myself, what is good here? Not just what makes me feel good. It yeah. feels good to eat a donut, but it's not good <laughs> for me, particularly when we're doing our, our fast oh, as we do in, in January. Uh, it feels good to jab at somebody, but it's not good for me. It's not good for them. It's not good for our witness as a yeah. church. Uh, so you're, you're asking yourself, what is the good here? And as Peter tells us, Jesus demonstrated first Peter chapter two, Jesus demonstrated that sometimes the good is you take it and yeah. you do not retaliate. You do not, yes. uh, you know, threaten. He says, instead you entrust yourself to God. That's yeah. the good forgiveness says I carry the pain. Yeah. Uh, until God pays me back the reward for trusting him exactly to to take care of the the broken relationship that's a and, great way to describe forgiveness well yeah it is it takes great faith to forgive and 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 that's what God wants us to do all right uh, and so we said you've got to be humble to have discernment you've got to know the scripture and you got to look for the glory. And the only reason I chose that is because, you know, the West, 
Westminster Catechism teaches us the chief aim of man is to glorify God. And if I keep that in my mind, because that's that's the aim of my life. How can I live to bring glory to Him? And I like that because it takes that out of, you know, I came up with this personal mission statement, you know. Right. Uh, people, sometimes our personal mission statements will get us a little bit off track because it's not built in Scripture. And then... Then the the fourth one is test the spirit, and um, what I'm saying by that is you've looked at the scripture, you've humbled yourself, and is this glorifying God? But what does the Holy Spirit say? What does the Holy Spirit say to you? And so, historically, the church has talked about does it does it console you, or does it make you feel desolate or empty? And the language that the church historically used was consolation or desolation. It doesn't. It doesn't translate well in our world, but I still like it. What uh, Jennifer and I, we, we try to talk to people, does it does it bring you peace? Or do you feel like God is saying, whoa, buddy, you need to pull back on the reins and, and you, know, you don't need to go forward. And, and that's what you have to decide. Is the Holy Spirit in, inviting you to participate in this? And I'm not talking about my flesh, because like you said, sometimes my flesh wants to eat the the bad stuff, but my spirit is saying, no, right now, I want you to rely on God to, to meet my need. And that's, that is so powerful because that is really something that can't be ignored. I think we all know this, but we rarely talk about it. I've got a friend who works in eBay and he handles, he's like a couple levels up. If you have a problem, you're going to talk to one person. And if it doesn't get resolved, you're going to go to another person. Then you're eventually going to get to him. And he has told me that multiple occasions, he's run into a person who has called and called and called just trying to get the answer that they want. They know it's not right. They know they are in oh. the wrong, Oh, but they're going to keep trying to get somebody to tell them what they want. And I think that's what our society is doing too. We, we've had people come and do it to the church. I don't want to give any details, but you and I both know people have come to us directly and said, will you okay this for me? And I'm saying, you know, A, I won't because it's wrong. And B, even if I did, you're still not going to feel good because you're going to know inside that it's wrong. Well, and that's that's what we've done uh, in in recent years. We've tried to force the church, force Scripture, and to force God to approve of our ungodliness. And there have been a lot of pastors and congregations that have begun, and whole denominations that have just caved to ungodly behavior because they felt manipulated and and dominated by the ungodly culture out there, and they've caved. And what we're saying is, you shouldn't put that on another individual or a denomination. You need to own that what you're doing opposes God. And notice that we've made this step four, Mm -hmm. not step one, Mm -hmm. because most people start with step one being, it feels good, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. No, step one is to humble yourself and assume that you don't have permission to do this until God gives you permission, okay? Step two is, what does the Scripture say about that? And then step three is, well, would this glorify God? And then step four is, well, do I do I feel God saying, yes, this is the path of peace, this is the kingdom step to take? And... and um, then the last one, and can I give you the, can I give you a great let's let's talk about this. Let's say you're listening right now and you're trying to decide about a job, 
or you've been thinking, I need to, I screwed up Christmas and I need to ask uh, my significant other to marry me for Valentine's. Okay. It's, it's the beginning of January. And because you so screwed up Christmas, all right, you now know I've got to get a ring and get the relationship on the go. But, but if you have, if you don't feel like God is in that, see, if you, if you've, if you're going through the process of getting a new job, and God hasn't released you from the one. I remember my dad, he he had a job and he wanted to leave there. But he said, I will not leave here until I know God has given me permission to leave. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember thinking about that as a kid, because I knew we were fasting and praying as a family about uh, that job transitioning. And he said, I will not go until um, I know that the Lord has let me go. And and I know a lot of people that quit well before God tells them they can. And I remember uh, asking Dad, so why was that? Why did you choose that, Dad? This is later in my life. And he said, well, because I prayed about it before I started that job. And if God was the one that led me into that job, I didn't feel like I had the right to get out of that job until he released me. And see, most people don't go into their job putting God as a part of it. And so I think you ought to think before you leave a relationship, whether it's a marriage, a job, or walk away from a church. I have people, they tell me all the time, I prayed about it, and God's telling me to leave your church. God told me exactly what I wanted to hear. That's right. And I'm like, so there's no, you know, we haven't failed to perform. No, no, the church is great. I love it. And I'm like, this doesn't, I, I don't really know the full story. I have to trust God in that. Do you see what I'm saying? And I don't want you to do that. I want you to only know that um, you've, you've worked it all, worked it all out. You see what I'm saying? Okay, so those are, our, those are the four. The fifth one is this, listen to your community. And this is the one that I think is really, it's the last step because you already know and you go and you talk to them and the example there is really good. When you go to your church community and they say to you, and you say you're leaving them and you say, "Well, that really hurts." They say that to you. They're like, "We're really shocked. Why didn't you talk to us about this in the process?" It's because they are invested in you. And what I knew when I was deciding to go to ministry and I went to my Christian community and they said, yeah, that's God's calling on your life. That's what's really powerful about it. You, you have thoughts on that? Uh, I heard the Quakers do this a lot, and I think it is so interesting that they will come and make decisions as a group oh, because yeah. other people come and give insight that, that you didn't see. So, you know, do not neglect the wisdom of your elders. Well, what I love is when I talk to you as a staff, we sit as a staff and we make decisions about the next sermon series, is you guys have insight into that that I don't. Mm-hmm. So right now, I want to pray that God will give you discernment this week about whatever decision you're making. Lord, I pray that uh, this week we wouldn't take it lightly, that decisions really reside with you and that you have the right decision for us. And I pray that we'll work the process of humility, Scripture, finding the glory, testing the Spirit, and even listening to our Christian community in the midst of that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? 
Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. If you'll pray with me right now, I believe that God's going to move, that God's going to change some lives, that God is going to transform the world in which we live in. And so I invite you right now, let's just, let's do this together. Let's not waste any more time. Let's just bow our heads and go before God. Let's just pause and pray for our children and our grandchildren. Father, your word uh, speaks of our families as though they are a quiver, like they are arrows in the hands of a skilled archer. God, you know that when that archer grabs that bow and he pulls it back, he's very intent. The, the king came to the man of God and he said, strike the ground with the arrows, and he did not strike it enough. And he said, too bad. He said, if you had struck the ground more, more would have happened. So today, we strike the ground on behalf of our arrows, on behalf of our children and our grandchildren, and we aim them at you. We are praying today that our children and our grandchildren would be submitted to you. You wanted our quiver to be full. You have given us this quiver, and we're asking you, if it is your decision to give us more, that that is our submission to you. But God, we're praying that our children would honor you, that they would serve you. God, we're praying that they would get the best education to fit their gifts, their ability, so they might fulfill their calling, which would bring glory to your name and would bring more people into the kingdom of God, into your fellowship and serving you. Total submission and obedience to your authority and power. That's our prayer. It's our prayer that they would submit themselves to your will the way we have had to learn to submit ourselves. May they have a heart for prayer. May they have a hunger for righteousness. May they have a knowledge of your word. May they be able to stand against the devil's schemes and the evil lies of this present darkness and that they would lead. They would lead their generation even better than we have ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I know I know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that. But I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website. And give us your email address. And we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address. And then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me. Agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. 
And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.